Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. My name is Benson Saxon. I'll be the host of your show today. The Pirates were supposed to have six games this week. Uh, only had five because of the Saturday postponement. But let's start off on Sunday with our weekly recap. Sunday, the Pirates defeated the Reds by a score of five to nothing. Trevor Williams, six scoreless innings picking up right where he left off at the end of the 2018 season. Monday, home opener, uh, <clears throat> Pirates lost 6-5 to five in 11 innings. Uh, definition of a heartbreaker, Archer, five scoreless innings, eight strikeouts. Bullpen comes in and blows the game. Wednesday, another bullpen blower. 5-4 uh, loss, JMO goes seven strong. 5-4 uh, loss. Yesterday, Thursday, uh, my bad against the Reds, 2 nothing win. Great win overall for the team. Proud of them for getting back on track. And yesterday, Musgrove, seven innings, eight strikeouts, no runs, another two-nothing. Shut out some uh, news and notes from this week uh, in the transactions category. Uh, There were some injuries to mention, so we have to go over those. So on Saturday, the the Pirates traded right-handed pitcher Aaron Sleggers to the Tampa Bay Rays. He was uh, traded for cash considerations. Uh, on Thursday, Jordan Lyles activated from the 10-day IL. Corey Dixon placed on the 10-day IL with a uh, posterior right shoulder strain. Uh, Elias Diaz was sent on a rehab assignment to Bradenton, and the Yankees claimed right-handed pitcher Jake Bear off waivers from this pitcher Pirates team. And yesterday, Pirates placed right-handed pitcher Kyle Crick on the 10-day list retroactive to April 4th with right triceps tightness and recalled Senator Jason Martin from Indy to make his major league debut. All right, let's get into the weekly awards. Adam Frazier, my of the week, a 364 average, eight for 22, two RBIs. I mean, <laughs> all this man does is hit, and we've said it time and time again. He is going to win a batting title. Is it going to be this year? I think it could be this year. He is that good at the plate. Even when he doesn't get hits, he's hitting line drives all over the place. He is a definition of a spray hitter and just a pure hitter. If you are a baseball purist, a baseball fan, and you want to see what a good hitter looks like, not a power hitter, but just a overall good hitter, look at Adam Frazier. He is the definition of what a good hitter is. He has very soft hands, doesn't move them at all, almost no hand movement, goes straight to the ball. He's quick to it and is a very exciting player. The league is going to know Adam Frazier's name very shortly. Pitch of the week goes to Kyle Crick. Two innings pitch in two games, no hits, no runs, no walks, striking out three. Unfortunately, Kyle Crick landed himself on the 10-day interlist with right triceps tightness. He said that himself. Uh, it should be a quick DL stint, so he has uh, a week left to complete on that, uh, allowing for Jason Martin to be recalled. But overall, Crick, a very solid week. He's been the best um, out of the Wolfpack so far. Uh, Vasquez has been good as well. But Crick, I mean, two innings, no runs, no hits, three strikeouts, picking up right where he left off at the end of 2018. And he's just going to be in that seventh inning role this year dominating with the back end of the bullpen that is the best in baseball with Vasquez, Kella, and Crick. And then you add Rodriguez and Birdie in there as well. It is it is pretty good back there. And Crick is a big part of that. So it's a big loss. Richard Rodriguez is going to step up into that seventh inning role. But uh, hopefully Crick will be back soon. 
the 10-day injury list. Our rookie of the week goes to Kevin Newman. No hits. He's 0 for 3 this week. Had an RBI. I mean, uh, three rookies on the roster right now. I mean, four if you call I mean, you can call Jason Martin rookie, obviously, but he's yet to make his major league debut. It's Newman, Reyes, Birdie. Um, Reyes hasn't had a hit yet, really. has been awful thus far. Birdie's been roughed up a little bit. So I have to give this to Kevin Newman. He does have an RBI. Only three at-bats, too. He hasn't been playing much. Eric Gonzalez has been getting all the playing time at shortstop, and he's been doing a fantastic job in that role. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Newman still has those rookie limits. So, uh that's who we're going to give our award to this week. And really, uh, if he gets more at-bats, he's going to hit. Um, but he's not going to get those at-bats. He's going to be a bench player. And he's been a pretty solid one, too. He comes into pinch run late in games. Uh, for the slower guys on the team, you know, Comrade, Melky Cabrera. But a solid week from Kevin Newman. Did his job. Uh, glove of the week goes to Jung Ho Gong. 15 total chances, 13 assists, two putouts, two double plays, no errors. Uh, Gong is known for his bat, but his glove work has been impressive thus far and really what we need on that left side of the infield. Uh, Conran is, is a fine ball player, don't get me wrong, but Jung Ho Gong is a much better defensive player and he has much more pop in his bat. So a uh, fantastic week from Gong. Good week so raw from Frazier, Crick, Newman, and Gong. Let's get into our main topic of the day. And I really want to talk about uh, the game last night. That was one for the baseball purists. In a brisk two hours and 25 minutes, the Battling Buccos of 2019 sent the Reds to their sixth consecutive loss behind another stellar pitching performance by a pirate stutter. This time, it was Joe Musgrove's turn to take the mound and try to build upon what has already been a stellar start to the season for the strength of the buyers. He certainly didn't disappoint. Here are some observations from Friday's win. The Reds' bats are currently happening. Steve Blass said it best during the game. Sometimes it's not about the lineup you face, but rather when you face them. Right now, the Cincinnati bats are as non-existent as the hot dog buns at PNC Park. This is now a three-straight contest they've been shut out, and the Pirates pitching staff hasn't allowed a Reds player to cross home plate in 28 consecutive innings. Whoa, Nelly, that is nothing to sniff at. It isn't like the Reds lineup is down to their sixth or seventh outfield options like the Bucks. This is a fierce top-to-bottom card that is very formidable with the likes of potential Hall of Famer Joey Votto and all-star last season in Matt Kemp and the always dangerous Yafiel Puig. Those three combined to go one for 11 Friday night with four punch-outs. The Pirates are doing a good job of kicking them when they're down. Joe Musgrove deserves a lot of that credit. It's difficult to challenge to score a run when you're facing a pitcher with the guile Joe Musgrove displayed Friday night. He was mixing pitches perfectly and keeping hitters off balance all night. Big Joe kept the train moving for the Buck starters with seven strong innings of three-hit ball striking out eight and walking just one. 63 of his 88 pitches went for strikes. Simply put, he was tremendous. The Pirates' bullpen will be just fine. Wasn't it just 36 hours ago everyone in Pittsburgh was calling for a complete bullpen overhaul? As Aaron Rodgers once eloquently said, R-E-L-A-X, relax. This bullpen is still one of the best in all of baseball. 
and they showed why for the second consecutive night, as Keone Kella and Felipe Vasquez didn't even provide the Reds a glimmer of hope, tossing two innings of hitless ball. Every win is critical. Well, duh. At this point, it almost feels like the Bucks are playing with house money when they can go out and win a game with the starting corner outfield of Colin Moran and J.B. Shuck. What were the odds about a week ago that those two would both be in those spots to start a game the first week of the season for the Pirates? Call me crazy. But even after absolutely choking two games away to the Cardinals, it feels pretty good to be 3-3 three and three given the injuries this team has faced. Now, to say the course will be the key, if the Pirates dig themselves a massive hole before the likes of Corey Dickerson and Gregory Polanco return, they will find themselves out of it very quickly because this division is so daunting. But if the rotation continues to sparkle, they will be in each and every contest from the first page on. And this rotation has done nothing but sparkle, guys. We had the best rotation ERA in baseball, and it's not even close. I mean, just, just to put it in perspective, Jameson Tyon, our ace, has been the only guy to give up earned runs in this rotation. Five earned runs this whole rotation has given up thus far. We're going to be in every contest, and that's going to keep us above water until the likes of Dickerson and Polanco return. Okay, right now we're stuck with starting guys like Reyes and Moran and Shuck and Cabrera in our corner outfield positions. But Dickerson, Polanco, Chisnall, they will all be back at some point, and this situation will be resolved. Until then, our pitching has got to continue to sparkle, and our offense has got to do just enough, and that's what they've done two days. So, I mean, overall, great last two games. Proud of this Bucko team. So, in the fifth game of the season, the Pirates hosted the Cincinnati Reds for the first of four games on Thursday night. For the first seven eights, it was a pitching duel between two guys you wouldn't expect to see one from. Jordan Lyles, in his first start of the season for the Pirates, went five innings, allowed three hits, walking three, and striking out two, all while holding the Reds scoreless. His counterpart for the Reds was Tyler Maley, who went six innings with five strikeouts and five hits allowed. And then in the seventh inning, uh, the Pirates finally put a run on the board when Kevin Newman, in his first start of the season at shortstop, had a soft ground ball that was just good enough to score Pablo Reyes from third base to make it one nothing. They added another run in the bottom of the eighth when Josh Bell singled in Starling Marte. The bullpen bounced back after a few rough days. After Lyles left, they turned to Nick King for two innings, and then Richard Rodriguez had a nice bounce back eighth inning, getting his first hole of the season before Felipe Vasquez came in and closed the door to give the Pirates their second win on the season and his first save. Once again, there's plenty to take away from the game. The rotation is added again. Through five games this season, the Pirates' rotation has been amazing. In those five games, the rotation has thrown 29 innings and given up just five runs. That is good enough for a 1.55 ERA while recording 25 strikeouts in the same amount of innings. Before Lyle's Thursday night, we have seen Jameson Tyon get two starts. Chris Archer had eight of those strikeouts in the home opener, and Trevor Williams threw six scoreless innings in their only win prior to Thursday's 2 nothing win. If the rotation can keep this consistency all season, and they have a real shot in almost every game. Who's in left field? It came out earlier in the day Thursday that Corey Dickerson will need to go on the injured list for at least 10 days. But it is looking like it could be much longer, and it might take until early May 
for him to come back. The Pirates are going to go with J.B. Shuck for now, and if the reports are true, which they are, they will be calling up Jason Martin for Friday's game. With the injuries to Gregory Polanco and Lonnie Chisnall already, the outfield depth is going to be tested. The Pirates are going to have to fight through it for the next few weeks as guys get healthy, and they're going to have to be carried by Marte for the time being. Runners in scoring position. Even with the win on Thursday night, the Pirates are still struggling with runners in scoring position in the five games this season. They're hitting just 214. That's 9 for 42. They went 1 for 7 Thursday night, and that won't cut it when they're trying to win with such a slim margin of error. The offense is going to help this rotation out. They will need to do more in that category. Yeah, so just breaking down uh, Thursday night's game, it, it was a solid game, and I'm very happy uh, the work that Jordan Lyles put in. He pitched fantastic for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. He did not factor into the decision that Cam ended up getting the win, but Lyles went five innings, three-hit ball. He did walk three, striking out two. I mean, if Lyles can repeat that type of performance every fifth day, I'll take our five against anybody. What rotation is better than the Pittsburgh Pirates rotation at this point in time? I mean, come on. Jameson Tyler is the only guy to give up runs at this point in the season. You got Archer going five scoreless, Williams going six scoreless, Musgrove going seven scoreless, Lyles going five scoreless. It's scoreless outing after scoreless outing. This rotation is the best in baseball, and it's not even close. This rotation has, at this point, a sub-1 ERA combined. uh, We have Trevor Williams going today, and I don't think that's going to be slowing down Archer Sunday. I mean, when is it going to slow down? Because this group is so good. Yes, they're going to come up with a couple hiccups throughout the season. But when you have five guys that are that good, you're going to be in every single game from the first pitch on. And yes, Tom Brown is our fielder. And yes, J.B. Shuck is out there as a starter. But guess what? When you have the pitching, you're going to be able to be in those games. And just a note on J.B. Shuck. A lot of people are hating on him. He's a very fine ball player, and he hustles. That's what I love about the guy. He is a hustler. Okay, he's going to be the starting, one of the starting corner outfielders for uh, the rest of this month. That That's for certain until one of Polanco or Dickerson comes back. And then obviously he will be put to the side and you to whatever spot, uh, whoever comes first between Dickerson and Polanco. So it, it's overall... I'm very, very excited about this pitching staff. And I, I really can't explain my excitement any more than it's been already. Right? It's, it's been fantastic. But the thing that has to change, and really does, is the runners in scoring position numbers. I mean, we have to be hitting better with runners in scoring position. We can't be wasting the opportunities that we get because our opportunities thus far have been few and far between. So far, our bad average in runners in the scoring position is 158. 
that can happen. Our overall team average is 217. So it's already low in the 158 runners in scoring position by an average. That has to change. It has to if we're going to compete in this division. And right now we're in second place. Uh, and it's really – I'm feeling good sitting at three and three. Three games back of the Milwaukee Brewers, I believe. Yeah, three games back of that Milwaukee Brewers team that is scorching hot at seven and one right now. But you have to be happy with where we're sitting, considering everybody's calling for the bullpen's head uh, after the Cardinals series. Um, this bullpen is back, and they're one of the best in baseball, too. And it sucks that Kyle Crick is out, but he'll be back shortly. And, I mean, really, we're, we're kind of the walking wounded right now, if you look at all the guys on our interlist. And, I mean, some of the guys you might not even know are on that interlist. It's, it's been that crazy. Like, Kyle Crick's on the 10-day interlist. Chad Cool on the 60-day interlist. Dovidus Nebraska's 10-day interlist. Edgar Santana's 60-day IL. Elias Diaz, 10-day IL. Jose Osuna, 10-day IL. Corey Dickerson, 10-day. Gregor Polanco, 10-day. Lonnie Chesenhall, 10-day. Uh, he has a lot of guys. But we're able to keep the ship going because of the starting pitching. And the starting pitching is carrying this team right now. In that outfield, Sonny Marte is going to have to start carrying this club. He is the offensive Guy right now, and Adam Frazier toss that lineup is going to be getting on base um, a, a heck of a lot. Marte has got to start uh, knocking the ball around. I mean, uh, when, when you have an outfitter of Moran, Marte, and Shuck, uh, you, you know Marte is going to be the dude carrying you around out there. And it'll be interesting to see the lineup that comes out today, if Moran will be back in left field or if they're going to put Melky Cabrera back on the lineup, who's been scorching hot as of late. But I mean, this Pittsburgh Pirates team fights. And that, that's a nice thing to see. It's always nice. This Battle and Buccos team of 2019 is going to fight to the bitter end every game. Yes, we didn't score our run uh, last night until the seventh inning, but we were able to fight and scrap and claw the last two nights to score enough runs for our pitching. And they're going to do that. Okay? This, this offense is good enough and capable enough to score us runs on a nightly basis for this pitching staff. I mean, we're not, we're not going to go undefeated for the rest of the season. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be losses mixed in there. There's going to be days when the pitching staff doesn't have it. There's going to be days when the offense doesn't have it. And, and there's going to be days when the offense does have it. And there are going to be days when the pitching staff is dominant like it's been so far. The baseball season is a roller coaster, and it's all about riding out the roller coaster in a season. And so far, we've ridden it out pretty well. I mean, honestly, we could be undefeated at this point if you look at it. You look at the opening day, we blew a lead. You look at home opener, blew a lead. You look at the game against the Cardinals on Wednesday, blew a lead. Could be 6-0 right now. Um, <clears throat> realistically, this team is playing very well, uh, pitching-wise. Offensively, they're going to come around. They will. Um, but <laughs> it's baseball. Things will sort themselves out. Talk about the the suckish part of the week. It was a pathetic performance by the Pittsburgh Pirates after the sixth inning. Before that, Chris Archer and Kyle Crick dominated the St. Louis Cardinals lineup. But after that, between a bullpen that used all eight pitchers available and a defense that made errors and mistakes, it cost the Pirates what should have been an easy win. 
Mistakes by Colin Moran, Eric Gonzalez, and most surprisingly, Francisco Cervelli cost the Pirates some runs. Moran had two miscues of the ball with an error and a missed ball. Gonzalez missed an easy ground ball out, and then in the same inning almost threw the ball away from Adam Frazier that should have been an easy double play. The worst defender was Cervelli, who had a few missed plays, two in particular, the first on the top of the ninth when he didn't get in proper position to block a bouncing ball from Felipe Vasquez that allowed the runner to move up to second which then turned into the tie and run when a double was hit. And then to finish the game, he got crossed up on a Nick Kingham pitch that hit the umpire, but rolled enough away to allow the winning run to score. Archer deserved much better than this after going five innings, having eight strikeouts, allowing two hits with three walks. Patience is a virtue. The Bites have been a very patient team through the first six games of the season. Uh, both games in Cincinnati, they had seven walks in each game with an additional eight walks on Monday. In the first home game of the season, that patience paid off in the bottom of the first inning when Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright walked three batters, Adam Frazier, Sterling Marte, and Francisco Cervelli, and all scored. Frazier scored on a ground ball out by Josh Bell. Marte and Cervelli scored on a double by Moran. Moran added a home run later to finish with three RBIs on the day. Eric Gonzalez. Let the overreacting begin on small sample sizes, but Gonzalez has been doing what many fans expected at the plate, and that's not a good thing. Through so far in the season, uh, as of Monday, through 13 at-bats, he's seen 154, made a horrible base running mistake in the bottom of the fourth when he was thrown out by trying to get to third on a sacrifice bunt by Archer. He won the starting job over Kevin Newman at the start of the year, but hopefully Newman will see some time there soon. I mean, he did on Wednesday. Wainwright's age is showing. After having an injury riddle 2018 season where he only made five starts and actually thought about retiring, Wainwright was brought back due to the lack of depth in the Cardinals rotation on a one-year, $2 million deal. He didn't last very long with the numbers four, playing a factory, went four innings, giving up four runs with four walks and only three strikeouts. And a division that will be competitive from the top to the bottom. The rotation for the Cardinals is going to be something to keep an eye on. Wainwright is another fifth star with Miles Michaelis, Jack Flaherty, to go to Hudson, and Michael Walker ahead of him. Michaelis and Flaherty are coming off really solid 2018 seasons, but Hudson didn't make a start last season, and Walker only made 15 starts before missing the rest of the season with an injury. They do have Alex Reyes back, and he could contribute starts from the bullpen as well, but the Cardinals are really going to need Hudson, Walker, and Wainwright to contribute if they're going to keep pace with the rest of the division. Yes, the St. Louis Cardinals swept us. Really, we should have swept them, though. Uh, I'm just putting that out. We really should have. And, I mean, I really think we should uh, hold the brakes on picking the St. Louis Cardinals to be a good baseball club this year. Because I just want to take a look at the rotation for a minute here and just realize that it's, it's suspect. Yes, they have Michael Flaherty coming off excellent 2018 seasons. But slow your roll on Miles Michaelis. He's not a proven commodity. He had one good season. He hasn't been good in 2019 so far. Jack Flaherty is a fantastic young ball player. I believe he's going to be the ace of this team, and he's going to be solid. But then after that, you have Dakota Hudson. Hasn't made a start. Didn't make a start all of last year. He's suspect. Michael Walker, 15 starts due to injuries. He's injury prone. And then Adam Wainwright, who's showing signs of aging. And even if you get past that, you have Alex Reyes, who's also injury prone as well. This rotation is suspect. Very, very suspect, and it could cause Cardinals to have a down year. And you know what? I would love the St. Louis Cardinals to have a bad year. Just one. 
Like, th- they have been the, the epitome of what a franchise, a good franchise looks like. I mean, they're the San Antonio Spurs of baseball. They're competitive year after year after year after year. I don't even remember the last time that the St. Louis Cardinals team had a sub-500 season. I'm going to look that up real quick and see, but they are just, they're competitive. And the franchise is in it. (laughs) I mean, at least in my whole lifetime, I don't remember a season when they've been bad. This St. Louis Cardinals franchise and team has been fantastic over the years. So let's take a look at their year-by-year results. Cue those up. All right, their last sub-500 season. Wow, you have to go a while back. Okay, their last sub-500 season was in 1999. Wow. I mean, the last time they won fewer than 70 games was in 1995. Like, this Cardinals team has been so good for so long. 1999, the last losing season. I mean, can can we just sneak one losing season in there here in 2019? I mean, 20 years later, right? <laughs> yeah, but this Cardinals team, I mean, they have the offense, uh, the bullpen a little bit suspect as well. I mean, really their pitching is, is what is going to need to show. If Michaelis can repeat his 2018 success, then, yeah, they'll be a good team. Um, I mean, you have Flaherty, Michaelis, and then, I mean, Walker, if he's healthy, he can be good. Uh, Hudson's unknown, and really, uh, Wainwright is aging, and he's aging pretty fast. But just looking at some other aspects of, the, of that Cardinals series, just overall, um, I mean, Eric Gonzalez, and really last night, he he really impressed me. I mean, he did. I'm not going to lie. So far, though, he's batting 150 uh, in 20 at-bats. He has three hits, two singles. Uh, triple RBI run scored. He struck out three times, two walks. Um, so, yeah. But defensively, he's been stellar. I'm not going to say he hasn't. And th- that play last night that he made, my goodness. And if you extend his numbers out overall, including spring training, uh, he's still only batting 185. So in his 65 Pirates at bats so far, if you include spring training, he only has 12 hits. So offensively, he hasn't been good. But if you look at his defensive numbers, um, he, he's been pretty darn good. Only three errors in uh, 68 total chances for the slick field and shortstop. I mean, he, he's going to win, get there because of his glove, and his glove is fantastic. But I do want to start seeing Kevin Newman get some playing time. I want to see him get the start today um, because, and this for me is really, it should turn into an extended spring training battle. Like, who's going to take this job? And if none of them want to take it, push Cole Tucker hard. I, I believe Cole Tucker should be called sometime this summer if Gonzalez and Newman continue the struggles that they've shown thus far six games into the 2019 season. Because in a division like this, where our margin of error is extremely slim. We can't afford to have Newman and Gonzalez struggle the way they struggled to open up this 2019 campaign. We just can't afford that. 
And I would love to see Cole Tucker get pushed and get called up as soon as possible. Obviously, he's going to need to prove himself in AAA. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Jason Martin's already up here. I, was, I really was not expecting that move. That, that uh, shocked me, to say the least. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see how that extended competition goes. Gonzalez is going to be the shortstop, I believe, for the – for the foreseeable future, but yeah, that, that's going to do it for our show today. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. My name is Benson Fetcher. The Pirates take on the Reds this afternoon at 1.35 p.m. We got Trevor Williams v. Tanner Roark. Sunday, we got Archer v. Descalfani, then taking a look at the rest of the week. We got the Cubs for three, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday in Chicago. Then we go to the Nationals for the weekend. So, yeah, uh, hopefully this point next week our Pirates will be back above 500 so we can uh, celebrate that. Uh, yeah, so also if you're looking to head down to PNC Park this weekend or any games this whole season, head over to stubyard.com and punch in promo code BPN10. That is BPN10, stubyard.com, 10% off BPN10, BPN10, stubyard.com. Go there, save you a heck of a lot of money. Do that now. Uh, yeah. I also have a real cool Josh Bell t-shirt design. You can go check that out, baseballpodcastnet.com. Head of the store. Uh, I designed all those shirts myself. Uh, proud of that. So go check those out. And, yeah, give me a follow on Instagram. I'm at Bucks Dugout. Partner Jared's at Pirates.Strong. Go give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all their platforms as well. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. You spell the podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-1. And then YouTube and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. That's going to do it for our show today. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a fantastic week. We'll see you here right here, same time, same place on Saturday. Let's go, Bucks. <laughs>